All right, Ian, let's see these previews. Yeah. Be super late. All right, so game one this week. My Purple People Eaters at 0-2 taking on the 0-2 Number Crunchers with Purple People Eaters favored by 21, which means absolutely fucking nothing, as we saw last week. <laughs> uh, both you guys need a win here. Yeah. Yeah, one, one and two. Should seems... be the toughest division out there. And yeah. Three is just bad in this division. Yeah, one and two seems miles ahead of 0-3 for some reason here. And to be fair, in fantasy, both of them are recoverable. So, anyways, yeah, the purple people no, eaters. Things, things change very quickly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my team's an example. Like I've I've started off flat. You know, I mean, my team, aside from the Trey Lance injury, I still had a shot to win that game. But so far, Dalvin Cook doesn't really look all that. Not that he doesn't look good, just not really involved. It doesn't look great. You know, it, it's just flat. Def- my defense put up like forty something points this week. Yeah, just in general. But the thing is, and this is not just advice to myself, but for the whole league, especially the, the people out there that are on two, is just try not to freak out after two weeks. We said it after one week last week. You get through week three and you see more of the same. Now you now you really are starting to see a trend. And, and after three weeks, I would say you're really getting to the point where you should consider moving off of players. But I, I wouldn't do it just yet. I mean, look look at the players. And I wish I could think of some examples right now. but there was loads of players that were written off after week one that came out and had fantastic week twos. You know, I mean, sometimes it's just getting back into the rhythm of the season. We we talked about it. They don't play a lot of these guys don't play much preseason. Yeah. I mean, look look at that. The Rams came out flat to open the season. And you know what? Matt Stafford looked much better last week than he did in week one. He looked like Matt Stafford again. So, well, yeah. yeah you, you can't take too much from a week or two. Like you said, when you hit week three or even week four, that then it's time to really start evaluating what's going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Mike Gusecki's another one that after week one, all of the you know quote unquote professionals were like, drop Mike Gusecki. He's got no value. He's doing nothing this season. Then you get into week two, he catches a handful of balls and a touchdown, and now he's on the waiver wire show. So you just you don't want to be too quick to react, but you don't want to be too slow either. And that's the game we're playing, right? Whoever does the best job of reacting at the right time is really probably a team that's at least making the playoffs, if not going to be the one who wins it. So, But in my mind, I don't worry too much in the first two weeks. Not that I ignore everything, but then if you see it again in week three, now you've got an idea. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and then for the number crunchers, it was kind of the same thing. Number crunches also started out a bit flat. Week two, they moved up and were okay, but week one was terrible. Um, the one thing, and I say, I just said don't freak out too much after two weeks, but if I was the number crunchers, I would be getting worried about Cam Akers. And, and it's it's not because of the first two weeks, it's because of the last 50 years. That with the exception right now, James Robinson, there's been no really successful running backs that have come back off an Achilles tear. And that seems right now to be holding true of Akers. I'm not saying cut him, but, man, I would not want to start him. I would start almost anyone I could think of over Cam Akers right now. But to go out and buy a running back. Yeah, Akers does not look explosive. Yeah. Yeah, Akers got some problems. He doesn't look explosive. He he just, 
I watched some of that game. Does not look right. Like yeah. you said, the last 50 years, nobody comes back from it. No. Nah. Well, and Robinson has done it for two games. So hopefully it continues, but let's not call it an, a resounding victory just yet. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, going out, you can't just go out and grab a running back. So Akers might be what he has, but I would be, especially if he beats me this week and if he has hopes for the playoffs and that, I would be looking at what strings can be pulled, what can I do to get someone else to make Akers my backup instead of one of my starters. I'd that would be the top priority and maybe impossible to achieve. No one's partnering with running backs. So at least not till later in the season when they know they're out of it or something, but you never know that that's the only thing I could say is they finding an alternative to acres would be enormous for the number crunchers. And it's been mentioned already to be available. Well, there you go. How about a Debo for Eckler swap? Oh, so I can just have another holdout too. <laughs> Yeah, but it was mentioned earlier, but yeah, Debo, and I'll send it out on an NDFA live tweet or uh, text as well, but uh, Debo and Eckler both are continuing their holdouts into this coming week. So they seem to be pretty serious about it. I think uh, they're playing chicken with you guys. Someone's going to have to break and pay these guys eventually or pay them next year, whichever. Yeah, whenever. I I, I can be calm, cool, and collective about it because I'm 2 and all right now. That I was going to, it might be very different. Sure, absolutely. All right, speaking of being 2-0 and o right now, game two. Show me your TDs at 2-0, and o, taking on the 2-0 and o team veto. TDs is favored by 34 points. That's a pretty good odds there for you. Yeah, I'm pretty comfy on the whole thing. Uh, yeah. I'll steal some of your, your notes here. Yeah, I'm just staying the course right now. My team yeah. always start like this. It's at the end of the year that I need to learn how to win some games. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're putting up an average after two weeks, 217 points a week. That that's gonna win you games nine and a half times out of ten. So, you know, as as long as the people on your team keep chugging along, like you said, stay the course. Um, the one thing to note is your defense is actually ranked ninth overall. Your offense is far and away the highest scoring. I think uh, you're number one, and number two, Steven, is 50 points behind you on offense. So pretty big gap to start the year. But, uh, yeah, your defense isn't great. So we've been doing the free agency picks and that. And it's probably worth, when you're taking your time examining your team this week, I think your offense is safe right now. So you probably want to be looking at uh, what moves you should be thinking about for defense, even if you wait for a week and pick the guys up after you see a trend starting. Yeah, it, it's time for me to address that. Um, I definitely got some holes there. Sure. I keep I keep looking at it. Will be a defensive acquisition this week. Well, I take that back. I'm going to try to make a defensive acquisition. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and for Team Vito, they're 2-0 and as well, and the third highest scoring team overall. So when I say this, take it with a grain of salt. But if there's a problem on Vito's team, it's their wide receivers. So they're third overall in league scoring, but they're 11th in wide receiver scoring. That might work early in the season, maybe even get you to the playoffs, but that's not positioning yourself great for a championship. I mean, that's going to the one that I got last year. That was I was in the same situation. I think I was coming through the season at ninth and tenth, and I was scrambling. I mean, not to keep saying it every single time, but I was getting through the playoffs with Laquan Treadwell. That is not a good feeling, and it worked. It can work, but it makes it a long shot. So. 
right now, if you're Jeremy, if you're looking at just coming off a season where you made it to the championship, starting off strong here, you know, like I said, third overall in points. And if he solves some of these receiver issues, he's probably looking at a championship run again, or at least a, a serious contender for it. So he's sitting there right now with $3 in cap space, kind of limits what he can do for wide receivers, but might possibly want to be looking at surrendering some draft capital, trading picks, trying to pick up one or two guys that he can plug in at wide receiver and, and make them a lot more appealing for a championship run this year. Oh, absolutely. And the wide receivers are more available than running back. And like you said, get get rid of the draft capital if you're going for it. Yeah. Hopefully your picks will be late and whatever you get is going to improve. So. Yeah, exactly. There's some moves to make, but he's got a little time to be a little patient also because he did start out 2-0. Very true, yeah. Hopefully 2-1 after this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, yeah, so the next one. Oh, I read this one. This makes me chuckle. What's that? Oh, what you wrote for the notes for the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got uh, the Green Wall at 0-2, taking on Hackenberg at 0-2, with the Green Wall favored by 26 points. And, uh, yeah, why don't you kick it off with the notes, then? What were you thinking? Well, I'll, I'll go into uh, uh, Hack- Hackenberg's notes. Yeah. Because them are the ones that made me really chuckle. Uh, if you score fantasy points for Hope, this team would be two and zero for sure, but uh, you don't get points for hope. For, yep. Ah, sorry, fuck that all. Then you lose points for bad luck, which this team has plenty of. CD lost Dak. Herbert is injured. Just enough injured where he'll probably play. Herbert should be Khalil Herbert should be the Bears' number one running back, except he's not. Dak Prescott lost Wilson. Pitts lost his edge, and the owner probably losing his mind. Uh, sometimes the only, uh, sometimes the only thing you can do once you plant oh. your garden is pray for rain. Yeah, I think sometimes the only thing. Yeah, oh. all, all good. I was paraphrasing there a little bit. Yeah, uh, Hackenberg had high hopes coming in this year. They they did what they thought was going to be the rebuild, and this was going to be the year. There is some bad luck. They they haven't exactly had the injuries aside from. Uh, Herbert, but yeah, Lamb losing Prescott is that's a bummer. And Metcalf is obviously not quarterback proof, as some people thought. Yeah. And yeah. Now they had everything kind of positioned there. They just needed to push it over the edge. And there's just a bunch of little things nagging at them that it's just, it, it, it's just looking like there's something missing. And again, it's just these little nagging things that. Are getting them, in, and sometimes there's just not a lot you can do about this. No, this I mean, this will be a team that might end up getting stuck in some limbo here. A, a little a lot bit of pieces there. A little bit in limbo. I mean, and that's what I mean by that is they planted the garden. Now they just have to pray that it rains. You know, I mean, someone emerges that'll actually throw the ball to DK Metcalf. Someone start throwing to CD. Khalil Herbert getting playing time now that he's proven he's a better runner than than Montgomery. You know. I, Praying that Pitts remembers that he's Kyle Pitts from last year, not the Kyle Pitts that I thought he was. So, yeah, it it just hasn't worked. But they went and planted it, and it just hasn't rained. So that's all they can do. You know, keep making moves, keep doing what you can. It's not a bad plan. You can see what they put together here, but it just isn't. Co- 
they they have the same luck that Fish has had over the last couple seasons. It's it's moved on to a new team now. Right. That, that's why I mean there there's a lot of everything's in place here. It's just like you said, it's just not raining for their garden. Yeah. So and then, then we'll talk about a little bad luck on the other side. I mean, Mitch being zero and two, like man, he could just as easily be two and zero right now. Oh, absolutely. So there's there's nothing to hang your head here. This is like the bad luck bowl here between these two teams. Yeah, I mean, except if he had I mean, taken his favorite tight end from his favorite team when I tried to give him to him, he'd be one and one at least. But yeah, I get your point. <laughs> uh, maybe no, he should have just let Dawson Knox go on RFA, and he would have been all right. Yeah. That could be too, but no. So the one thing with this team is through two weeks, they're rated between fourth and seventh at every single position on offense and defense. So they're, they're right there running in the, in the middle of the road, you know I mean? Not good, not bad. But then when they've needed that hump to get them over the hump, it just hasn't been there, but it probably should be because there's some good names there. You know, it, like you said, sometimes it's just bad luck. And this is one of those teams I talk about. He's been so close, so he's probably not looking at making any major changes, but just let the let the season settle in. I mean, the, the wins, I think, are probably going to start coming here because he's he's got a good team put together. But I got to tell you, I thought this season would be a, a shoe-in for the playoffs for the green wall. And yeah, now you have another bad week in week three. I'd start to be pretty concerned for him. But my gut tells me they probably walk away with a win in this one. Yeah, I think they get it back on track here. Yeah. All right. So game four, we got the boys in black at two and zero taking on the Buffalo Pollocks at two and zero. The Buffalo Pollocks favored by thirty points. Me and Stephen build the same team. We're always really good at the beginning of the year and fizzle out later. Yeah. Yeah. And similarly to you, uh, he's the you're the highest scoring team in the league right now. He's the second. He's the highest scoring team in the history of the league. He's one or two every single season. Um, and because of that, it's no surprise he's favored by a, by a healthy margin in this matchup. And whereas I was just talking about uh, Mitch's team is fourth through seventh at every position. Here, seventh is the lowest position also for Steven, but most of his are one through three, including the wide receiver position where where he's in first. I, I think it's an advantage for this team, but but... The boys in black have been going strong this season, and at least the bad luck bug seems to have moved on to someone else. So, and if Steven has the number one receiving core in this league, Fish, the boys in black, has the second. You know, he's starting Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, or in line to be the second. There's several really good ones. Um, but the one thing is, and I know he's going to love hearing this, but the thing that's hurting him really, boys in black, is the running game, ironically. He went and put put the resources in there to to make it better this season, but he's starting three wide receivers that are averaging 19 and a half points a game. But he went out and got himself some running backs, and they're averaging just nine. And it's a lot better than he had before, and it makes this still a strong team. But when you get to trying to compete with well, with you and Steven, really at this point of the season, having a little bit more strength there at running back would go a long, long way. So despite yeah, the- it's so hard to obtain a running back. Uh, it's really hard. And, and he got two somewhat aging, but two good ones. But it just has they haven't turned it on yet, I guess is really the thing. But so this this is a game where I would look at going with a glory play 
and, and hoping for the best. You know, I'm putting Tony Pollard in over Zeke or, or well, Connor's injured. So maybe he plays Pollard and Zeke or something this week. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be looking at doing something like that rather than the slow and steady points and just seeing if I can get a spike week and, and capture that little, that little bit of magic this week to get the win. Oh, absolutely. Dude, two, two years of bad luck for fish. He, he deserves a little good luck here. And, yeah. and we talk about it being like a spike on the defensive backs and stuff like that. Maybe this is the week to take the swing. I mean, he's playing, yeah. he's playing the big boy and Steven, like he could come out of this with a win, uh, having a, a win on Steven and three and all. He'd be yeah. in really, really good shape for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, he'd be essentially halfway there already in week three. So, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. So, you know, bringing up the running game and that, that was the running thing last year. This isn't a dunk on fish thing, although we had fun with that last year. But, no, this is just a thing. The running backs are good. He made huge gains there. But for this matchup, I'm going with the glory play if I was in it. You know, as opposed, we talked to how we were dispensing such useful fantasy advice to him last week, right before the games. And there, when we looked at the matchups and stuff, and that, that was for a different league, but when we looked at the matchups, it was really, I was recommending playing the safe player, you know, volume, volume, volume. This is the one where I'm saying play the explosive player and see if you can't overtake the favorite opponent. Right. Sometimes you do got to swing defensive if you're outmatched. Yeah, yeah, and you this know. would be the place to do it. Yeah, like we it, said, if, if it actually works, you'd be in a good spot. Yeah, this is this is the game where the coach goes for it on fourth down in the first quarter. Yep. All right, game five. This week's game of the week features the Legion of Boom at one and one taking on Team Honda Killer at one and one, with Honda Killer favored by eight points. Uh, I'm a little surprised by that, and and I don't have them lineups in front of me. Uh, we always talked about Darian just needing that one superstar on his team, and I think well, Barkley wants to get paid at least, so I think he's starting to become the player that he was. I know week one he did. I don't exactly know what he did last week, mm-hmm. but it, this team's just coming on, and this again is probably not probably this is a very important matchup because that division is up for grabs. They're all one and one in that division. Absolutely. So, these early division wins are extremely important for all, all the teams in here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Honda Killer was a champ two years ago, and his team actually seems to be playing fairly well right now. Yeah. yeah. So the thing with Legion of Boom, it, you know, week two was just a bad week. And sometimes that happens. But the thing is, he's one we talked about bench spots earlier. Like, you got three open bench spots, and then – there's some players on that roster. It's time to it's time to churn. He's done a good a job of cultivating his team, but he's a player that's focusing almost solely on a starting lineup and not on depth. And that's gonna hurt him. He's not gonna you're not gonna have a winning season going through that way. Once even if you avoid any major injuries, once you get into li- uh bye weeks, you're gonna start dropping games when you're you have people out for a week. Like he's gotta focus on working the waiver wire or trades, but the waiver wire as much as anything and building some depth, or he's not going to have the success that he wants to have. I mean, even if it's just small improvements, that's still an improvement. It's it's better to have a guy who's just barely startable than having to take a zero because there's no one on your team and it's Sunday and you can't find anyone to pick up. So I think that's what uh, 
Legion of Boom needs to to focus on right now. Well, especially with open spots, right? Yeah. Uh, We should not have many open in this league at all. Like, Jeremy, that's within $3 of the salary cap, I don't believe actually has an open spot. Like, you should keep your roster full. Even if there are a bunch of $1 players, like you said, that are barely startable, that you're paying to start them if you have to, they should still, your roster should be. Yeah. You know, we could have picked up our number four defense last week or, you know, 40% of it anyways, and that's better to be on your bench than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then Honda Killer. You know, Honda Killer started this, and we talked about it a little bit earlier when he was on with us, but he was strong week one. Looked like a return to championship form. Michael Thomas is out there scoring points and everything. And then week two was abysmal. I mean, he went from being, I think, the third highest scoring team in week one to the second lowest in week two or, or something like that. And so we just, will the real Honda Killer please stand up? That's what I wrote here. Like, what is this team doing? And, and a big part of that, Michael Pittman was great in week one and then missed week two. And so now we're trying to start Juju again. Like, can we stop trying to make Juju Smith-Schuster a thing? You know, I mean, start Nicole Hardman over him. You're, you're safer. Juju, Juju's ship has sailed, and it's terrible. When he was a rookie, I loved that kid. But he, I don't know if he just spent too much time around Antonio Brown. He kind of turned into a fucking dickbag. He stopped playing well. He started thinking he was the greatest thing in the world, going and dancing on other teams' emblems because he's so fucking great, and then doing nothing for several seasons. Like, anyone should have – yeah, anyway. I've lost all faith in the guy, and I don't see it coming back. I mean, it's been years, (laughs) and the Chiefs are still betting on this guy somehow. Yeah, what are we, two, three years with Juju since he's been good? I think three or more. ten, but – yeah. So, anyways, if I'm Honda Killer, I know you know you had to deal with Pittman. You found out he was missing the game and that, but he might have even started Juju in Week One. But if I'm in that position, I'm finding someone else. Like, how can you ever feel good about it? And along the same lines, he's got twelve right. tight ends. He's got twelve tight ends, but he's still starting the one that hasn't established any uh, chemistry with his quarterback yet. I mean, Albert O. I had actually picked him up. I traded Albert O. to him. And I was excited to get him when I picked him off of off of waivers this this off season. But until you see it, you got to sit him. It's been terrible for two games. So he's clearly not someone that Wilson's looking for yet. Maybe that changes as they work more together. Wilson does have some success historically of targeting his tight end. But man, I want to see him get at least four targets in the game before I'm willing to put him back in. Especially if I have that many tight ends on my team. Yeah, you have to have a better option at that point. If yeah. your tight end's not even getting four four targets, uh, I, I think Honda Killer is in this full rebuild, full, ah, full rebuild mode. Sure, but he has a couple of pieces that still make him dangerous. I, I think it, and it might end up even accelerating if it go if it goes south for him in the next couple of games. It might even accelerate the rebuild because these are there's a couple of pieces there that people like uh, who, who are going to the playoffs are going to actually want. Like Miles yeah. Sanders is kind of good. I mean, he, you know, I, I hate saying that like that, but he's okay. He's very startable, and he's someone uh, Chris would love to have on his team. So sure. there, there's still more, a couple more pieces. I think he'll be able to move. Uh, I, I know Vito don't have any money, but I think Vito would love to have Michael Thomas right now. 
So yeah. it, this is a team that's kind of should should put in the best lineup, see how the next couple of games go, and then and then make the decision off of there. Because, like I said, Miles Sanders is I, I don't know if he's old. I'm guessing he's 26 ish, uh, and Michael Thomas is 30 ish. So that there are pieces that he's got to move, keep the young pieces. But you know what? If he's got a chance to run for the playoffs, you know, by all means, take it. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. I mean. It's like we were talking about last week. Is what do you actually, what would you pay for a championship? So when you see that window, you oh, gotta exactly. grab, yeah, you gotta grab it and go for it. And, you know, at the same time, if you see that window slam shut, then take advantage of that. You know, it's just a a different path is all. So. Like you were saying earlier, take your opportunities at the right time. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to this game six, maintenance woes at one and one, taking on going to Disney at one and one. Maintenance woes favored by 17. Uh, and a, a, a nice comfy number, so obviously a solidly a favorite. Uh, I, I think Frankie's still working through some things of a team she inherited, right? She put some decent pieces together with it, but um, she's just got to stay the course and see how much it's just going to come together. She's probably in, honestly, she's probably in the same boat as all, all of them in that division. Like just kind of see where it goes. See if you do get that division title and get and get into the playoffs there. So all, all these teams in here seem like they can go to the rebuild or they can go to the, you know, make make a run for it. So sure. I, she's just another big range of outcomes. I, I think it's going to fall short for because she's probably a few pieces short that she didn't inherit the best built team. So yeah. it, again, it's not even her fault at this point. So. And then maintenance woes, like his team's getting older, and and, he, and there's not a ton, a ton of replenished talent underneath it. So I think Matt's another one of these teams that really is going to be in a small conundrum to to make that decision this year of which way he's going to go. But again, sure. this is early in the season. Everyone should try to win the games they can and see where they're at after that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's the thing. So, like, with Disney, and I touched on it earlier because it came up, but, like, if Paris Campbell has a great week this week, if he puts up 30 points this week, he's still not worth starting next week. It, I mean, that's a guy, he's just, it's just not going to happen for him. You get these guys that come in with all the talent in the world, and their bodies just won't do it, or they're freaking nut jobs, and, and they don't manage to put it together, or they have a drug problem, and keep getting suspended or, or whatever it is. So, I mean, so what, like the best thing about starting at the bottom though, is there's only one direction you can go. Like her team's going to get better. Like she did a lot of work in the rebuild, but there's still more to do. And, and she's had some nice surprises so far this season. Like Curtis Samuel, at, who knew Jeff Wilson, like hanging on to him, wound up paying off. Like that's great. She's probably got, the number one running back for the 49ers, at least through week 10, maybe for the rest of the season. Especially, they tried to make Tyrion Davis Price a thing, and he has a high ankle sprain. So now Mitchell and Price are out. Um, so, like I do say, you don't want to overreact in week two. But like I was saying earlier about someone, is unless it's a trend that's continuing. Like the Paris Campbell problem has been ongoing for four years. It, it's not just a week one and week two thing. And the guy is an absolute fantasy boat anchor. He takes up a roster spot. He scores no points. He gets hurt. 
it's worse that he's not hurt right now. You can't even just shove him onto your IR. Uh, Robert Tanyan is another one. Like Robert Tanyan has this this reputation of being a use, usable fantasy asset. But you know, well, you're, are you looking at the notes right now? No. No or yeah? No, I'm not. Okay. I can bring it up. No, don't. How many usable fantasy games has Robert T- Tanyan had in five years? So I've done a little research on Robert Tanyan, so I actually will uh, – I, I can't tell you exact games. But sure. there was only one year that he was a very useful tight end. And I remember looking at this, and it was only because of his touchdown totals. It wasn't an efficient year. It wasn't a big numbers year. It was just – and I don't know if it was 10 or 11 touchdowns. It was something like that. But that had to be three years ago now, four it years was, ago. And, that, was, and that's all, all he's had. Three years ago, Robert Tanyan had eight fantasy games that were of 10 points or more. Since that season three years ago, in the last two seasons, or in the last really three, he's had two games of 10 points or more. One one per year as an average. Like it, Right, so there's your trend. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah, it's really probably time to move on. I mean, especially because there's some really intriguing tight ends that are out there that don't have great, you know, don't have solid histories or whatever, but at least you can get no points and have hope instead of getting no points from Tanyan and knowing that, well, that's what he does four of the five years of his career. So it'll probably keep going, but it's just, it's stuff like that. that Frankie did a, an admirable hack and slash rebuild in the off season. I mean, she came in and just started pulling out all the shit and getting rid of it. And she sort of, has started that rebuild, but now it's time to get surgical and remove, you know, the Paris Campbells, the Robert Tonyans, the they're like fantasy skin tags. <laughs> you know, they're they're there and they keep holding on to rosters because people have hope and it's just it doesn't do anything for you. It's time to throw out that losing lottery ticket that's sitting in the council of your car. It's time to go into the store and buy a new one. Yeah. So it, it you said there's a couple of interesting guys out there and and I don't have everything in front of me, but pick up some of these rookies for at, at like, you know, tight end or something like that. Yeah, Tunyon's not going to get it done. I do believe she's got Kittle on the team. So tight end might be a bad example. Oh, okay. Pick, pick up some of these young wide receivers. Yeah, well, I'm still moving on from Tanya. Like, you don't want him as your backup either, especially if Kittle's your starter. Kittle is one of the best tight ends in the game, but you have to accept he's going to miss three to five games a season. So you still yeah. need a good backup. And but like so, you said, there's there's at least some hope guys out there. Nobody with any history, but you're better off taking someone with their their story's not written rather than a guy that their story is written and it's just written badly. Yeah, you know what? That's a good way to say it. And, and, and again, maybe there's a plan. Maybe maybe this is roster fillers for for right now, and, and she's comfortable with that depth. And at the end of their like. But I'll make a prediction that Robert Cunyon's on nobody's fantasy team next year. Like, yeah, I'm going to be pretty confident in that one. So, but what what I would say to her or or anybody that has one of these boat anchor type players on there, even if you do end up keeping them, and that that's how you go through the season, make sure you get your contracts right. Like, I mean, down to one year contracts, so all this just goes away going into next year. And, and it's probably real bad to like actually talk about next year with anybody because we're in week two. <laughs> but just just keep that at the forefront of your mind when it when it goes 
when it starts to go south and you're you're looking to make them the decisions. And again, you know what? Any of these teams can surprise. Every year we got one or two that's very surprising of how deep they go into the playoffs or even the fact that they make the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm not counting anybody out, so I don't really want anybody to think that. But, you know, you go to the rankings and the numbers, and you know what? Um, we know who are the better ranked teams and the worst ranked teams. It's yeah. Probably the – Probably the bigger job is the the handful that are in the in limbo, right? Like right in the middle, make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. Probably really can't make a run, but can hit the playoffs. You know that some of the teams are. It, it it's more stressful to make the decision, right? Well, yeah, without a doubt. Because if you're like me, you you just want to make the playoffs every year. Like even even if I don't believe I would have a good chance, I still want to get in. But yeah. that that's the competitive side to me that just wants to win games. Sure. Like I never want to think of a rebuild, but you know, someday it's probably going to happen. Yeah. 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 And then, so for maintenance woes, like maintenance woes is a, a team whose offense is okay. They're ranked seventh overall so far this season. But if you look at it, like Aaron Rodgers cratered that team in week one. So you give them normal scoring from a quarterback and, you know, they're probably the fifth overall offense instead of the seventh, which is okay. But maintenance woes defense is not looking okay. Maintenance woes is currently ranked at 12th, 11th, 9th, and 11th in defensive line, linebacker, defensive back, and flex, respectively. So we managed to build, like we were talking about earlier, the fourth ranked defense on the week just off the waiver wire. And at this point, Maintenance Woes is a, a prime candidate to go suck up some of those players. Even though the players that he have has, they look okay. Like it, on paper, it doesn't look like a bad defense, but in practice it is. And and this is what I talk about. If not this week, then certainly after next week, if you don't see anything different, it's time to just cut and run and start picking up players that are trending in a better direction. And, and that's going to put them on a winning track probably for the season. Honestly, I mean, the fifth-ranked offense probably makes it to the playoffs, but not if it's the twelfth-ranked defense necessarily. Sure, you get that defense average or better, six or six plus. Yeah, and, and you know what? It that it, in the weaker division there, that's probably a division title. That is probably uh, a decent possibility of of a run in there. Like yeah. we've seen other teams make runs in the playoffs that like. But like Jeremy last year, like I wouldn't have thought Jeremy was making the run to the finals. He, yeah, he made it there. He, he he was one game short. So you get in the dance, anything can happen. Well, and and I I say it a lot. We we bring it up on the podcast a lot, whatever. But uh, when you look at the worst players in the NFL versus the best players in the NFL, like their physical talents, the difference between them is so small. I mean. Jalen Rager was picked before Justin Jefferson in the NFL draft. And not because the Eagles are stupid. Like they know how to evaluate players. Like the talent that these players have, the difference between the two is such a sliver that any of these guys, you know, if you get into week 10 and you have a game where Jalen Rager scores 35 points and Justin Jefferson scores 12, like it'll be surprising in the sense that, wow, I didn't see that coming, but, in the grand scheme of things, like in the zoomed out view, that's not even a blip on the radar. Like, of course, Jalen Rager can put up those kinds of points. And that's just one example out of the 1,500 people in the NFL that 
yeah, all of these guys are the best of the best of the best athletes, better than anyone you've actually known who was good at football or whatever in high school or college or so much better than any of them. And we forget that because, yeah, compared to Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager sucks. But compared to anyone else you can think of that's not in the NFL, he's fucking great. And all he has to do is have that one week where everything goes his way and he puts up fuckloads of points. Absolutely. That's why we play the game. Yeah. And that's, I guess, just building on your point that once you make it into the playoffs, man, anything could happen. Anything. All right. Now that we've bashed everyone's team and told you to cut everybody. I I actually forgot to mention that. And Justin Jefferson, speaking of, should probably also be cut. So get that done, Stephen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Useless on that team. Yeah. Kind of He's a waste. got better than that anyways. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'll arrange I, I get, mean, I, I can get him Jalen Rager. I'm sure I can arrange that to happen. Yeah, you know, Steve, I'll even throw you some draft pick just so you don't have to, you know, eat the dead cap or anything. Just out of the kindness of my heart. Yep. But yeah, so that's our uh, game review or previews rather for for week going into week three. Um, yeah, we haven't even quite hit midnight yet. We're I don't know if we're back into in season form yet, but we're not bumbling around like preseason form. Especially, we even called an audible and had a guest in, and, and still managed to get through the uh, get through the podcast notes here. Not even midnight yet. We're working back into shape. Yeah, like that, Le- that's a win for. We're like Leonard Fournette in the second picture from training camp right now. <laughs> the second picture. Not, not oh, the first, not crazy. the first one where he showed up and he, his shirt wouldn't fit over his his stomach, but the second <laughs> one when you're like, oh, he still don't look right, but you can see there's progress. Yeah, Lenny will be just fine. Oh yeah, no, he's. Did you see him by the end? You wouldn't have known. I don't know what he did different than Eddie Lacy, but man, he got like he went from the first picture to fucking looking normal again. I, I wish I had his diet person because clearly you can fucking lose all kinds of weight in a very, very short amount of time. Dude, he walked in there and Tom was like, dude, absolutely not. Like, no. Yeah. I will fucking send you to the Raiders right now if you fucking look like this next week. Yeah. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's a smoothie machine and a copy of TV12. Go get fit. Exactly. Yes, sir, Tom. You say I'm going to get another ring out of this? Yeah. Yeah, Lenny, you're not winning me nothing here with, with this weight. <laughs> oh, time, man. Trying to worry about Tom? A little bit. You know, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, I'm not going there. Uh, like, you know how many different analysts and whatever over the last even seven, six, seven years? Oh, this is the beginning of the end for Brady. Oh, no, this is the year. You know what? I'm just accepting it. He's good till he's not, but. I will say week one and two don't look very promising. No. Yeah. Uh, dude, I, I've been one of these, yeah, Brady's got a fucking age. I've been saying that since he's been like 35. And he's 45 now. So, yeah, yeah, I've been one of them guys. But just, uh, again, like you said, dude, he's looked like this at the beginning of the seasons. Yeah. And then just flip some fucking switch, eat some fucking plant-based fucking something that gives him superpowers or some shit. But. Yeah, the first two weeks didn't look promising. No, no. You got to figure Father Time's got to catch up. Always does, right? Yeah, but it obviously affects him differently than other people. 
And so I've, I've just accepted that. Like I said, years ago, I mean, that's been a favorite thing for people to go back to for at least six, seven years. Oh, yeah. Quarterbacks can't keep performing at that level after 37. Oh, the drop off always comes at 38. Certainly you can't play at a high level at 40. Well, Vinny Testaverde, you know, he had his renaissance at 39, but once he hit 41, he was done. I mean, what are we doing comparing Tom Brady to Vinny Testaverde anyway? But oh, exactly. You know, when I saw that, I was like, that guy should be marched out of his studio right now. I don't even like Brady, but Vinny Testaverde, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, so don't use them two names in the same sentence. I've just gotten to the point of accepting that Tom Brady's going to be good until he's not. And yeah, Father Time's going to win. Always does. But he might not win with Brady till he's 50. I wouldn't bet on that, but I wouldn't bet against it either. I just want to see him bumble around for that one season and look like a fucking moron before he goes. Yeah. I normally don't like that out of guys, but I'm just so sick of it. Yeah. All right, Ian, any closing notes? Uh, I guess you do have Bruce Arians on the sidelines right now. Kind of the He's kind of taking that role. Like, did you see him last week? Oh, did he come I, back down? I, no, I did not know that. Well, so he's not a coach again. He's the special assistant to the GM or some bullshit like that. I felt bad for the guy. He he was on, like, he, I don't know if he has dementia or something. Like, he's just kind of wandering around the sidelines, like, looking at stuff. And I think he forgot he wasn't the coach a couple times and started yelling at the refs. It It was odd. It was definitely odd. To see a guy who's not actually part of the coaching staff, just but it's Arians. He has a distinctive look. You know who he is, and just kind of wandering around, staring at stuff. Like, yeah, I have a memory of a football stadium. Hey, let me go yell at the refs. Yeah, that feels natural. Uh, yeah, it was just odd. You know, if you see any highlights or anything, replays of that game and all, just watch your Arians in the background, just like staring at the lights. I don't think Arians is a young guy. No, he's like seventy hundred. Seventies, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. No, no. He is he is not a young man. Bruce Arians is uh oh, sixty-nine. Okay. He's still very very old. Yeah, still gonna make him a young guy. All right, then. I'm going to bed. Yeah, it's that time, isn't it? Yeah. All right, man. I will talk to you. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you later on. See you tomorrow at five. How was it? Oh, oh, oh. I, I have what?